2: Log Talk Radio. Greetings, greetings, and, greetings, greetings and salutations. It's another edition of Revolutionary Poo-Doo, New Orleans Poo-Doo, Secrets and Recipes. All is good and indeed a blessing. The fire is hot. The water is a bowl in. It's time to bring
3: somebody into their side. Come
2: Couple in, couple in. The phone lines are open now at 845. 277-9143-845-277-9143. Remember
3: the question number one. Hold the telephone keypad and speak. I will open your
2: mic and bring you into the
3: conversation. I'm going to join you here at 94111-Champ. My hotline is rolling. Now, come on Come back home to Africa She's calling your name the wind Come I'm back home to Africa It's the break break away. From and golden rain I'm waiting for dot you once again
2: coming back
3: you. i'm sorry fortweb i coming back to Africa, he's calling call your I'm name through the wind. Come I'm back home to Africa. I'm
1: the magic
3: cat and golden ring are waiting rain. for you once again. Free, Coming back to you. Come on in. Welcome, welcome. I'm longing for my life. family. My family. family. We'll Coming back, back to you. Come on in Out of bondage You know I am free Da 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 My uh-huh. there uh-huh. uh-huh.
2: kosi Kosiwere Awo Omlo Uto Ne Iwo Ada Afambo Ebo Aban Eshu Eshu Is the Respected Elder Who Flogs, Confronts And Uncovers Fools. That one Verse In Truth Uses Mystery. I'm sorry, that one verse in Mysteries uses truth to own you. He causes scatter to feed poverty. O shakes rascals to have sacrifice. The owner of warnings is the one who is
1: Eshu.
2: May our Ebo reach a room. May our Ebo be accepted. May our Ebo allow what we desire to come to pass. And so we say Ashe. Divine All-Blessed, Peace and Love, Joy and Prosperity, Elevation, Revelations, and Manifestation. You are now sitting live with the Divine Prince, Pan-African Spiritualist, Practitioner, Author, and Advisor, Elagun Oloye Hudu Obeya Bokor, sharing with you in all things spiritual, mystical, metaphysical, cosmic, evolutionary, revolutionary, healing and holistic from a pan-African hoodoo world spiritualist perspective. Understanding that all is truly and indeed a blessing. If you can just see beyond the veils, for it is all just an illusion and a test to one of the greatest divine mysteries of this life cycle. This is my constant prayer my personal mantra, affirmation, reverberation, my reiteration, and it is my ever-living reality. All a blessing is crucial to the very foundation of my inner standing, my being, my walk, my work, my demonstration along this divine, all-blessed life path and journey. It is indeed how I begin and end and crystallize and realize all my endeavors, understanding that I and I alone create and co-create my divine destiny, and I and I alone create and co-create my divine all-blessed reality, and so it is, I say. Today is Friday, June 16, 2021, and I am emanating and vibrating now with you again live virtually, verbally, cosmically, quantum universally, from this working temple of the House of the Divine Prince. High Potions, Hutu Central, LLC, in this beautiful, historic, legendary, some would say most haunted, others would say most enchanted city in America, New Orleans, Louisiana, the land of my ancestors and those who came before me along this Hoodoo Obeah life path and journey. Passing down the great Obeah stick along with the knowledge of the life-giving herbs, roots, plants, rituals, spirits, minerals, and indeed, as our beloved uh, Denise Augustine would say, our sacred stories. The ability to create sacred space is indeed critical to all that we might think, do, say, believe, and ultimately demonstrate it in anything that we might set out to move forward in, creating sacred space first within ourselves, within our minds, within our hearts, within our spirits, in our motivations, in our intentions, but in then leaking that truth out into our physical reality our shrines, our altars, our sacred houses, our places of worship and honor, and indeed our sacred spaces in nature that hold relevance and archetype and power and ashe and energy for all of us. On yesterday, we had our rally protest for Congo Square and we opened up at Congo Square libations, commentary, um, a a little bit of motivational speaking, maybe some prayer, and then we processed to City Hall. Um, We we walked away, drummed the whole way, you know, chanted the whole way. Um, It was really a great event. It was a powerful event. Uh, Many people turned out to the event Indeed, we would have appreciated so many, many more turning out to the event, but but it was a a greatly successful um, event, in my opinion. And we must continue to beat the drums. We're at war, children, if you don't already know. We're, We're at war. And indeed, this is a battle, another battle like Black Lives Matter, like many other movements. This is another battle, indeed, that we must continue to fight and continue to push, push forward. And I invite you, I implore you to get involved. It doesn't matter if you're here, it doesn't matter if you're there, you have access to the internet, you have computer, you have email, you have social media. Um, I'm gonna repost that information uh, momentarily, so please give me a moment. But I invite you to email the mayor write the mayor old-fashioned, make videos, tag the mayor, post to the city council, post to the city of New Orleans. Indeed, this must become an international outcry to protect and defend and stand up for righteously sacred space. And the remaining footprint of historic Tremaine, the first free Black community uh, in America, which not only is resonant for Black America, it's not only resonant for, um, resonant for um, Treme, but also for the city of New Orleans and for America. Indeed, a lot of things that people uh, today prescribe to as uh, American have their very origins in New Orleans. Um, and, and, and in many cases, this community, Specifically, much of what you come here for, our beloved tourist friends and visitors and out-of-town guests and Airbnb inhabitants, much of what you come here for is the culture and the tradition of Treme and historic Treme and Congo Square and Armstrong Park and Mahalia Jackson Theater and and the Jazz and the Second Line and the the Jazz Funeral and, and, and the Balls and the uh, carnival events and and, and Mardi Gras parades and floats and and, and all of those things that make this city the spice and the seasoning, the the kale, the the Cajun and the Creole that it is. Um, Once we remove that, then we become just another, you know, Savannah, just another, you know, now a Las Vegas on the coast. Um, and so we need support, continued support. We need a, a growing, aggressive support. We we need people to be loud. Um, we need people to be visible. And some of you, you know, have mastered Internet savvy, have mastered social media, you know, reach. This is the time that we would need your support to continue to help us to defend and protect New Orleans culture, historic Treme culture, historic black culture in America, Congo Square, the birthplace of of jazz, the the rebirthplace of of voodoo with four O's, (laughs) you know. So we need your continued love, support, no matter where you are in the world, I understand I have an international audience, so no matter what country you are, if you've ever visited New Orleans, we need you to write a letter. We need you to make a video. We need you to make posts and, and indeed tag Mayor Cantrell, tag the city council members of of New Orleans, tag the Congressman um, Cedric Richmond uh, and, and, and Congressman uh, Troy, uh, who re- um, yeah who replaced him uh, as he moved on to to go into uh, Uh, administration with with, uh, Biden, we need everyone's participation. Big or small, celebrity, non-celebrity, you know, if you love anything about New Orleans, if you respect culture, if you respect sacred space, if if you respect tradition, we employ you to assist us in our endeavors. And so we need to beat a drum, we need to make a noise that's felt globally, that's felt Uh, Internationally, Uh, I know I digress just a little bit, and you know, forgive me, but (laughs) some things, you know, just have to be said. Um, Let me bring my cousins in; that might help me to kind of steer things back on track. Beloved Otan and Oloye Ifawole, greetings and salutations to you both. Thank you so much for being here with me again at high noon U.S. Central Standard Time. On many platforms.
0: I to hope everyone is doing well. On this Oche, Shango, Oya, Oluaye. So uh, we come uh, that you know uh, in what my cousin is sharing. It's a perfect day as Shango is that uh, orisha of justice, and Oya is that orisha of trans uh, transformation. So. We give honor, and we give thanks. And so this prayer uh, is, is, is given to me uh, from my allure, uh, and it says as such, Shango, very powerful among all the Arisha, God of thunderbolts, God who does all things with method and knowledge. We pray to you to teach us how to do things your way so that our lives will be straight and stable. Shango, Oya's husband, give us the audacity, bravery, and tactics of doing things your way. We implore you to use your double-edged axe to clear our path. Oya's husband, hubby, who spits fire, set your fire against our enemies. Father of twins, we salute you 13 times. We salute you. We salute you a thousand times. We salute you a thousand more times. I did not Shango, king of kings. A king who is king over all. Shango. So we come and we ask Shango to bring justice to all that is happening. Shango will be fighting our battles. Shango will cut away with his double-edged axe any and all things that are not in alignment with our higher selves, with our higher destiny, and he will fight against anything that is fighting against us. Anyone who is fighting against us to bring all things into divine order for us. So we say Asha, may uh bless each and every one of you today with uh, uh, strategy, with justice, with all good things of life. Ashé. Ashé. beloved if you will. Greetings. Oh yes, I'm sorry. <laughs> greetings and
2: blessings, everyone able be able
4: to say. Um I want to give honors to my Luo, Prince Rabba de Bayo Latona and Yellow Day, Um I look forward to today's work. I want to say that I too um have sent information and also sent a um email to the mayor, although I do not live there. I plan to visit and would like for uh as much original as i can get to be there when i do get a chance to visit and it's important that our sacred spaces are kept safe and for us to be able to continue for our future generations and our children and their children and so forth um i also like i said look forward to the discussion today it's definitely a continuation and needs to happen and i encourage everyone listening everyone watching if you feel like something resonates or if you even feel the need to share Make sure you call in, make sure you like, subscribe. Um, I enjoy the community feel here, the discussions and everything that uh, everyone has to offer because we all have something to offer. So I look forward to this today and blessings to everyone. It is the privilege to be here as always.
2: And please, I ask you not to feel as if, you know, one time is enough. Again, we live in a new age, but but I come from a day of you know protests, the sixties, the seventies, you know, and and even the protests of of recent years, like Rodney King and and of course um, Trayvon Martin and 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 the unfortunate new reasons that we often have to go out and get involved and, and hit the streets. So I'm as, I'm not asking you all to go out and hit the streets. But I am asking you all to send maybe a dozen emails, maybe make a video, you know, and show your face, show your emotion, show your indignation, you know, as it relates to them even thinking, conceiving, you know, such an idea. Um, She has been on TV in the last 24, 48 hours. Um, She is very, um, I don't even know how you would describe it. is it resolute that she's going to move forward with her with her ideas, with her intentions? You know, um, some people in town call her T D. I'm not quite sure why, but they call her T D or Auntie T D. You know, and I'm going to do what I'm going to do, and you know, it's already in motion. No, no. So we really need y'all to to write more than one letter. You know, post it, share it, get other folks to to do some dramatic things in social media to sort of reinforce the idea that this is not cool. Um I had a real nice sign. Um maybe I'll show it to you in a minute. Um it has uh respect historic treme on, on one side and respect the voodoo on the other, uh in, in red, black and green. And um so I I, I wore Goled Day to the to the uh to the rally, to the protest march. Um, a, a form of Egungun, um, but more representative of our great mothers um, and, and, and the Iyami associated um, with our great mothers. Um, so I mass asked Day to the protest. Um, it was great. Uh, it was, uh, again, a, a great number of people did show up and, and actively participated and And um, we had the police escorts and and all the usual things that you would expect. Um, But it could have been more aggressive, in my opinion. It it could have been louder, in my opinion. Um, It needs to be hotter. It needs to be petro. You know, it it needs to be caliente, in, in, in my opinion. And so I'm asking you all to do that, along with myself and us in the community, who are indeed still, you know, doing measures to move things up, reaching out to international media, reaching out to international celebrities, broadening our access to um, notable personalities that can make a noise, that can beat a drum, that can also draw attention to just how ugly ugly of a scenario um, this indeed is. Um, and will continue to be unless the right thing is done. Um, sort of the fortunate or unfortunate aspect of it all, you know, depending yeah. on yeah. your position, yeah. is that um, Mayor Cantrell, you will be the scapegoat no matter what happens. You know, in the not moving forward, those who, you know, are pushing you to move this forward will be unhappy. And, indeed, if you were to move this forward, uh, it would have grave repercussions um, for our city uh, for generations to come. And in many facets, and not just culture, not just tourism, but but, but in many ways that um, this city is yet to proceed. But, but when we look at other cities, Baltimore, Annapolis, Oakland, um, Milwaukee, Chicago, Gary, Indiana, You see a a pattern that's universal about white flight for our younger listeners who don't quite understand what white flight is. That's when a neighborhood has traditionally been white, and then all of a sudden integration comes into play, and black folks can afford to move in. And so the one black family comes, the two black family come, and then usually by the third or more black family, white flight kicks in. And, and and the white families sell their property and then move to a new development or move even further out um, from from that area, you know, of the community. And then, you know, then it's a hundred black families, and, and and then it becomes quote unquote the hood. Uh, and then it stops getting the services and, and the tax needs that it's supposed to get. Um, you know, the infrastructure that is that you know is supposed to happen. And then these neighborhoods are allowed to erode and, and decay and, and implode upon themselves. And then they come back in when the property is at its lowest value possible, you know, and then gentrify and then regain access to, you know, often these happen in inner cities and in urban centers. Um, around around the country is often where this type of activity happens. And so gentrification is a word that we all know, and, and I would pray many of us indeed understand. And if you understand, then the need for an international push on this cannot be overstated. If I plan to do some creative videos, some other endeavors to sort of push for people to stay involved, to get involved, and stay actively, you know, involved. Again, we're not asking you to march. We're not asking you to carry a sign every day. I'm just asking you to, you know, to work your keyboard, <laughs> you know, to work your device. That's, that's what I'm asking. And so moving into uh, continuing the conversation, if you will, about shadow work, um, I have a vivid imagination, if you all haven't already um, figured out. And I kind of imagine America as a client, as, as, you know, a caller, you know, seeking advice, seeking assistance, again, as it relates to shadow work. And I ask those same questions, some of which I introduced in the uh, last broadcast the questions that I ask myself getting up in the morning this is your barometer this is your test of shadow work do I have shadow work how to identify what that shadow work is so at the at the earliest you know moment of awareness that I'm coming from one state of awareness one dimensional state of being into awakening as we call it in, in English, I before I open my eyes, before I allow a whole bunch of other information to to interrupt my my thought process, because indeed that's often where we begin to lose our dreams. It's in that first few minutes of awakening, and then within ten minutes of actually uh, coming into full consciousness, is when you begin to lose. You know, what did I dream about? What were the details? What was the context of that? So I'm going to add more to this just a little bit today. So how do I feel? How do you feel? I ask myself that in the, in the third person. How do you feel? How do you feel? And I do it in the third person because I want my higher self to be asking the question, how do I feel? And allow my physical self, my earthly self, to sort of give the response. My next question is, do you love life? Do you love life? And, again, the contingent on how you respond to these questions, how I respond to these questions, determines if I have shadow work and where that shadow work is. Are you happy to be here? Another very important question, are you happy to be here? And next question, are the ancestors still with you? Are the ancestors still with you? And last question, is God still in control? Now, some of these are are a bit of a trick question because contingent on how do you feel and do you love life, it's going to completely color how you respond to these questions. And again, that's the red flag. That's the flashing strobe light that, you know, shadow work alert, shadow work alert. And so the next set of questions, if indeed your question is not in the most affirmative, it's not indeed in the most healthy, it's not in the most positive, you know, vein of energy. And we discussed in the previous show, having to be honest. This is an exercise that only the most honest among us among us can do. And we don't mean honesty with each other. We mean honesty within ourselves. Indeed, it's, it's only you there when you make the choice, when you make the decision, when you break your own rules, when you violate your own codes, you know, when when you violate your own body temple, you know, and bring those things into your body, physically, spiritually, that, that are not in your, your best interest. But indeed, things that, that you can voluntarily and do have control over. Um, So you must be willing to be brutally, brutally honest with yourself without judging necessarily, without being self-critical, but being willing to be honest about how you answer these questions and then ask the question of why. And it is indeed in the why where the shadow work is is often rooted at why don't i feel good you know is it physical is it spiritual is it mental is it emotional is it much more specific is it related to a person place or thing you know it's a, it's a very popular viral video going around tick tock now of primarily uh women primarily black women now that i think about it um it's the same voice track, the same audio, uh, but they're all sort of getting out of their car or getting ready to go into their place of work, you know, and they have a bit of a tantrum, you know, about how, how they hate their job or, you know, man, one more day that I have to be here. One more day that I have to put up with these people and act like I like these people. You know, it's, it's a real popular TikTok video. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. And then we go into these jobs. And often, particularly when we think about black women, you know, it's, it's for the children. It's for the, it's for the salvation of the household. It's for the salvation, you know, of the family. So we, we get into a mode of a- automation. You know, it's automatic. You know, you get into a routine. If you're lucky, you get into a routine. You know, you get up. You get your stuff together. You, you go into your place of work. You know, you do your job as 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 best you can. You know, you cl- you collect your your uh, your uh, employment check. You know, you live your life, you pay your bills, and you start that cycle again. You know, but we get lost in in the process. There's no time carved out for spirit. There's no time carved out for prayer and meditation. There's not even car- time carved out, uh, in my opinion, for being healthy and athletics and exercise, you have to carve that time out for yourself. We we have to make that happen. It's it's not a part of the normal industrialized uh, complex view of how the slaves and the machinery, you know, are supposed to work. You know, we give our waking hours, many of us, to the job, to punching the clock, to feeding someone else's dream to fulfilling someone else's vision. You know, sometimes it's governmental. You know, y'all got good government jobs or it's infrastructure. You work for the, for the electric company, you know, the, the water plant, you know, and you keep all of our lives going. But how much space does it afford people to even address an idea like shadow work, to address an idea like uh, counseling, advice, you know, Many people aren't even going to the dentist. Many people don't even have time to make their health appointments, you know, let alone this spiritual wellness appointments. So we have to be good stewards. We have to be gods uh, first of ourselves and, and be honest enough to be both God and human and and identify what's human about us. You know, there's certain aspects, and I'm not going to get into, into a great detail here, But there's certain aspects of just being human that that we have to do every day that I'm reminded of every single day. And I can remember as young as a child, just a part of me just resents it. And I mean, use your imagination. I mean that from like, you know, there's a part of my memory as early as a child that knew that there was something bigger, there was something more, that I had been somewhere else. And now I'm confined to humanity, you know, and we got these routines that we have to do, you know, as as humans, you know, to sort of get through life. And so um, I have to reintegrate my spirit into my body when I wake up in the morning. I don't know if many of you all have that as a challenge, you know, just, just reintegrating that spirit part back into the animal part. The mammal part, the 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 the, the flesh part, the carnal part, and then having to go out and and address the world. And my head thought to the parents in the room, I just I knew since kindergarten that was not going to be my job. I, <laughs> but I, somebody has to do it, and I'm and I'm grateful for y'all, you know, for for doing it. That's you know, I've been told in some ways. I, what I do has a parenting element to it, and and don't get me wrong, kids love me. I, I I have a daycare center in the middle of my block, and one of their favorite daily activities is to come and stand in front of my house, <laughs> you know, and look at my signs and and wait for me to peep out the door, you know. So I have a real great relationship, you know, with kids in that way. But um, I knew since I was a, a kid there were certain jobs that were not cut out for me. Um, My hat's off to the Walmart workers and the Walgreens workers. Y'all got the patience of Job. (laughs) Okay. okay. Y'all have the patience of Job and some of the things that y'all have to confront and and deal with, you know, every day on the fly. And it's in those moments when people's shadow work is right, it's on their sleeve. It's it's on their sleeve. And then it's demonstrated as some outburst, some rude, you know, snide remark to the to the cashier or the cashier to the customer, you know. Um, it's something that happened two days ago, but, you know, between the cashier and they spouse, you know, something else that's going on. A child might be incarcerated or in the hospital, but, but it's in those moments, you know, at the checkout, when you need to get off the lane on the highway and somebody's just not, you know, it's in those moments that, that shadow work that people are, are carried around on their sleeve and, and the monkey on their back really stretches out and, and interrupts, you know, our lives. And, and and so if we could just slow down and be truthful and, and be honest and, and, and carve out enough time when you first wake up in the morning to journal and Remember those dreams and the details of those dreams while it's still fresh in your mind, while it's still fresh in your spirit, to write down how you feel. Are you happy to be here? And and sort of your response to that. And, you know, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, mom, dad, you know, and then if you can find the time to do that twice a day, so maybe late at night, you know, if that's the best time, you know, maybe it's on your lunch break and check in with yourself, check in with yourself, you will begin to see that shadow work come to the surface, be able to identify what it is, and then can actively begin the process of healing, wholeness, wellness, addressing it, repairing it.
0: Being part of the shadow work, cousin, has to do also sometimes with not holding on to what is not yours. A lot of times we struggle with with holding on to other people's stuff within us and rather than be able to even share with them some insight, but then for us to allow ourselves to be able to let go. And so when we're dealing with people sometimes, people, everybody's going through their own thing. Everybody's going through their own challenges and struggles. Everybody's going through their own work from whatever might have happened in the past, whatever might be happening now. So sometimes we have to be very, very mindful to be able to show grace to somebody who's going through their own struggles and battles, but yet not take on that struggle and battle within ourselves because then we wind up holding a weight that does not really belong to us. So a lot of people, their shadow work is the fact that they're holding on to things that are not what they're needing to hold on to. And one of the most difficult things to do is to obey when spirit is guiding you to do certain things, to go certain directions, to follow certain paths that you 100% don't understand. And so now you're following this path and you're trying to be very, very obedient. And then this is happening and that is happening. You have to address this. You have to address that. But yet your job is to remain obedient to what the creator has manifesting for you because it's your personal journey. Each one of us comes here on a personal journey. So therefore, our shadow work is really to be deep inside of ourselves So that we can illuminate whatever it is our destiny is supposed to be how do we rise up and 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 work on our higher self on our highest destiny so for our tradition is for for ifa tradition it starts off by working with Oli. so like i would combine for myself combine what you do with the questions that you ask along with the, the holding of my or we to give prayers, and then on top of that, add uh, the, the positive affirmations, the daily positive affirmations. Because for some, we might not realize the importance of speaking those affirmations into our own life. Because then it allows us to speak positivity and not hold on to all the negativity that we might be surrounded by. So shadow work has a lot of diverse perspectives and diverse directions that we can use, and then we can incorporate. We can incorporate maybe what uh, uh, Divine does, maybe what Otun does, maybe there's something that I have to offer that you can use. Then when you combine those, those pieces, those sources, then it allows you a wider view of how to now work within ourselves and bring out divine light within. So shadow, darkness sometimes, but we have the tools to actually manifest light out of the darkness. A guru, what is the definition of guru? A guru is one who disseminates darkness into light. So a guru, you have to be a guru within yourself. You have to learn to disseminate darkness into light. what is a teacher a teacher really is a guru a teacher is one who disseminates the darkness the unknown the things that we don't we kind of know into light. what in essence is a preacher or a priest or uh all that what is that it's one that is supposed to be able to turn darkness the manifestation of that of the unknown within us into walking in the light so all of it really coincides together. We have to learn to turn the darkness within the struggles, the depression, the heartache, the heart, you know, the, the, the challenges with that. And be able to, to turn that slowly into light. And Jay Overday talks about, you know, bit by bit, we eat the head of the rat. So what does that mean that we have to show patience, not just with others, we have to learn to show patience within ourselves. What does that turn into? That turns into Iwa. Iwa, gentle. To be gentle with ourselves. Gentle character. To be gentle with ourselves. To forgive ourselves. To know that we are always on a perpetual growth. So these are some of the things that we can also work with in accordance and alignment with what Divine said To now open up and bring divine light within ourselves. And you
2: can't, and you cannot give what you don't have. Mm -hmm. Uh, Again, in in furthering the response to assisting others, you know, um, with their shadow work. Indeed, there are those among us um, that are qualified counselors, ministers, physicians, therapists, you know, um, who can indeed assist us in our process of of addressing shadow work. But I believe it is our obligation as divine human beings to assist others with their shadow work, but first and often primarily through demonstration, through, through what we do, how we live, how we manifest that, which we say that we we believe, and we understand. There's a great deal of healing and empowerment that comes from and should come from absorbing someone else's experience empathically, emotionally, sometimes visually, uh, audibly. Um, And I've said this before. I think it's a sad world where we have to all learn things the hard way. We have to all fall down and get up to know that, you know, the curve is hard. Um, I, I jokingly, and I probably shouldn't make a, too much of a joke about it, but, you know, we shouldn't all have to smoke crack to know the crack is whack. I mean, you can see it. You, you can look at it. We, we can absorb the experience on TV shows now, the intervention, and, and, and in movies. So why, why does then the next person feel that they need to physically live that experience to gain access to the lesson. And, and and it also speaks to how we receive our elders' experience. Because sometimes, you know, we say, well, you know, that's not an elder, you know, because of their behavior or because they haven't done great things. But, but indeed, every elder, by way of their behavior, you know, leaves an imprint on what we may or may not want to do, what we may or may not want to incorporate, as a part of our own experience. So uh, as Oloye uh, just said, um, being able to empathize with yourself, acknowledge your own humanity, acknowledge that I'm I'm flawed and I'm capable of of animal nature, I'm capable of insect nature, I'm capable of lower vibrating nature, you know, is, is the doorway really to being able to empathize and sympathize Um, with others, and particularly beyond just your friends, your family, you know, but society and and people, you know, in the world, being able to empathize. Um, Now, of course, there are those egregious acts, you know, um, I always have to go to the darkest of places. (laughs) There's always those egregious acts that we need to separate from ourselves. But, but, There's an idea, notion in the Asiatic, uh, indigenous world, the African world of balance and and, and energy seeking a a balance. And and it's not to suggest that we all should, you know, be as dark as possible and and go into our, our darkest of spaces and then act that out. But it does suggest that we all should be able to access our darkest spaces. And to be able to look at ourselves in our darkest spaces with clarity and then choose as gods, self-governing gods, to vibrate higher, to create higher, to create differently, to create, you know, for the benefit of of the whole. Wholeness first within and then wholeness, you know, in in our lives. Because we tend to segment, segment our lives. Some of you are just driven by money. You know, how you feel is often responded by how much money you got. You know, some of us, when you have some money, you know, you find energy suddenly from somewhere and you get excited and your hormones get to moving around again. And You know, there's something to that, you know, in terms of your dark side and your gray areas and light. What feeds that Feeling, what feeds that compulsion? What feeds that that motivation? Therein lies the shadow work. Uh, someone close to me asked me about eating and um, how do they address, you know, overeating and maintaining their weight and, and, and addressing, you know, the, their personal um, concerns about their, their diet. And, and, of course, beyond the technical nutritional we're talking about shadow work. Um, and, and of course, the, my response was, get a good crystal. If you can, a smoky quartz, a natural smoky quartz. Now, there are some trickery going on with smoky quartz. They'll take clear quartz and send radiation through it. And this will make those stones dark. So, And, and it's easy to tell once you look at the stone. If it's an even darkness, if, if it's a uh, a really deep darkness is probably an irradiated quartz. If it's a natural smoky, it should, uh, like the rings of a tree, you should be able to see it. You should carry it to its border at some point in the stone. I actually have one that is both clear and smoky, uh, and, and, and both are faceted. And so you can clearly see the perimeter between the clear part and the smoky part. Now, that can't be duplicated in a lab, but if they're irradiating a stone and sending radiation through it, typically it's going to be evenly dark completely throughout the stone uh, in a very unnatural sort of of way. So be careful about buying um, and being clear about purchasing uh, smoky quartz, and particularly offline. I would prefer you go to the, the gym show, go to the shops if you're going to buy a smoky quartz. But but that's a good quartz for pulling out that energy and, and, and making those shadow work points, bullet points on your question list. Um, irradiate, vibrate in a way that allows them to be pulled up to the surface. Some of you Reiki practitioners know what I'm talking about. It'll vibrate, it, it'll shake, it'll radiate, and then you can pull it up uh, out of the body and then remove it, clear it away, purify it, and, and, and again, expose it to light, expose it to light. And I suggest going back to, to stone, particularly black obsidian, onyx, um, when you're working with dark stones, even black tourmaline, um, have a degree of light-colored stone, clear, transparent-colored stone to balance out, like the Yin Yang symbol, to balance out the gravity that exists in dark matter, dark energy. Because as I said in the previous show, I believe that it's in that zone that dark matter and dark energy exists. And so often the shadow is invisible to us. It's not readily apparent to us. We, we have to look for it. We have to shine the light in in the closet. We, we have to turn a light on often in order to even see. And as um, I think Goat Rider was said in the previous show, particularly when your shadow is behind you, often it's behind you. And it's almost always rooted in the past, time traveling, living and existing in our past out of balance but while you're there living and existing in the past you're not doing the shadow work necessary to clear up those those lines that keep us tied to those events are you all with me let me check my block talk radio phone line um i wanted to
4: add also in the midst of uh doing the shadow work in and putting the work in. So please be mindful that, um, one, journaling. Can't stress that enough. Journaling is exceedingly important. Also, um, what you start to feel, the different things you start to experience in the different areas of your life are specific to you, your walk, your journey. Please, you cannot expect your walk or what is going on in your life, or, or what is happening to you, or your spiritual growth, to mirror or to look like someone else's? Because their destiny, their walk, their journey is theirs. Just like yours belongs to you. You're not going to have the same experiences. Everything isn't going to happen in the same way. The messages do not be the in the same way. You're going to have experiences according to your needs and what you need to grow in and what you need to learn. So just keep in mind this is why journaling is also important because as you journal, you begin to see see patterns and get to gain an understanding on how spirit is communicating with you, when and where, whether it's a feeling of food you eat that you no longer eat, everything is something. So even if throughout the day you start to jot things down, and as you continue to go over all of this, This is going to be exactly divine, it's an illusion. As you go over all of this, you'll begin to see the way that it works for you. you begin to see your walk, your path, and the way that you're getting things. And it's not going to look like everyone else. So you have to be willing firstly, to stand in what you have, what you receive. And it's all right if yours doesn't look like anyone else's. It's not supposed to. You're supposed to stand out. Everyone is supposed to be different and have their unique things about them because everyone has something to contribute. So please keep that in mind. Always journal and and just pay attention to the things that you notice in your life. Even if it's something that grabs your attention and and you say to yourself, hmm, that's strange, write it down because it's happening for a reason. We just have to learn and start to program ourselves to pay attention to certain things that happen because there are things happening around us that we may may miss if we're not paying attention to certain things whether it's an action or a certain word, something, a phrase, someone may say, it can be anything that, that triggers that part of your, your spirituality that says, hey, you know, that's significant. So just work on that. Always journal. Um, there, there's no set amount of time to pray in the day. You can talk to God any time of the day uh, or night. And um, just remember to, to keep in mind in review for everything because it'll, it'll begin to reveal itself in time. And I wanna encourage everyone because it's not going to happen overnight. Give it some time, but press forward. Press forward, no matter what it looks like. Press forward.
0: I think another thing that we can add to that is that we have to step, learn to step out of uh, judgment. When uh, I first started in this tradition, one of the most difficult lessons for me was to step out of judgment of myself as well as others. So. When you learn to step out of judgment with yourself, it helps you to be even more obedient. When you learn how to step out of judgment with others, it allows you to receive a person where they are. So everybody is at a different place in their journey, a different place in their world. Some people had to go through certain highs and lows in order to get where they are today. We often hear of people who might have been homeless at one time, and now they have uh, extremely great businesses or, or life. We've heard of people who might have gone through very difficult divorce or loss of, of, of child or whatever the case might be. And then we're able to turn things around by beginning either uh, uh, nonprofit organizations or something else to help others, um, you know, to, to overcome their challenges and struggles. A lot of that was that they were able over time to step out of their own judgment of the pain and struggle and suffering of where they are and to step out of their own sometimes uh, depression. Depression sometimes, yes, sometimes depression can be a chemical. thing. It can be. But a lot of times depression is that we see no way out. We don't see any light at the end of the tunnel. And so we're inside of that tunnel, and all we see is the darkness that surrounds us. We can't even see a step that's right directly in front of us. And then we lose any type of hope. And if I we say, you know, as long as you have life, there's hope. So as long as you have breath, as long as you have health, as long as you have, uh, uh, as long as you have have life, you have hope that things can and will turn around according to the work that you put in and the consistency that you put it in. Consistency sometimes is everything because even when you don't see that things are happening for you in a good way, they could be happening for you in a good way. And the time that you give up is the time that everything now all of a sudden would have been turned around for you, but you gave up one step too soon. So don't give up on the things that you are wanting to achieve because you don't see that these things are happening right now. Don't give in to the feeling that you have of things are not going to work out well. Why? Because as my cousin always says, it's an illusion. So we have to now really come into contact closely with our own feelings, our emotions, but also with our own faith. What is faith? They say faith is uh, is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So therefore, if that is faith, if that is the definition that you go by as faith, then faith says that just because you don't feel it or see it, doesn't mean that it's not happening in your faith. There's a gospel song that they sing now that says, it's turning around for me. So therefore, with your faith, with your discipline, never giving up, step by step, stepping forward, things will turn around for you over time if you just maintain and keep going one step forward even when you don't see, even when it doesn't feel good. So I hope that that kind of gives you a little bit of upliftment. Don't allow things to get you down to a point where you give up. on Shadow work is all about that. Shadow work says I am willing to go to the depth of what I have to go to, to lift myself up. So I hope that helps.
4: I also want to add and encourage um, those out there, I know that in in doing this work, it requires us all to dig deep within oneself. Um, I want to encourage you also, um, in times of doing that, part of uh, doing shadow work is also trying to get an idea of where one would belong, whether it's working through the church and Christianity, whether it's through voodoo, whether it's through ephah, whether it's through Akan, And that's where um, the meditation, that's where the prayer comes in, because you can have guidance. If you seek assistance, if you ask for it, You can't have it if you you don't ask for it. A lot of the times we receive what we ask for, especially when we have a true heart and we're seeking to learn and we're seeking to grow. And a lot of us feel that we don't have that direction. And I encourage you to look to your elders, look to someone you feel that's spiritually connected that you can talk to because you may need divination, you may need something to help guide you in that path, but know that there is a place for you. It may not be where you currently are if you feel that way, but no, there is a place for you. So it's not about um, how much you know in a certain area. Everyone has gifts. Everyone has talent. And there may be certain things done, certain experiences you need to have for those things to be realized, actualized, for them to materialize. But I encourage you to give not just others but yourself the patience, the grace, the world, as you learn and understand that it comes bit by bit, this is a marathon, not a sprint. It's going to take some time. And it's not going to happen overnight. And I understand that there can be, while all of this is being said, that life is happening and things are happening. But as divine says, that is also part of the illusion. So I encourage you to dig uh, down in your focus, your resolve, and to know that if you need assistance, assistance is there and never be ashamed to ask for it. Everyone has gotten, there's no one that's at a higher level that didn't get to where they are without asking for help, without needing assistance, without needing someone or some form of encouragement or upliftment at some point in time, if not constantly. Mm -hmm. So know that and that you have support.
2: Indeed, and we often do get that support through reading people's books, uh, experiencing people through their videos uh, listening to people tell you know their personal stories but again when we say illusion I'm not suggesting necessarily trickery I'm talking about being caught up in an, in an inter intra-dimensional space where at, as humans we can't see things always clearly in, in between time in between spaces. So, so, no matter how well I think, you know, Michelle, Michelle Obama or Barack Obama look or live, you know, or, or have created life for themselves, I have no idea of their personal experience. I have no idea of the day-to-day journey that has led to them reaching that, that place. You know, we see someone with, with the body, you know, that we might desire or a particular look uh, that we might desire as a goal. But is an illusion to sort of think that, you know, what I see is, is exactly what I see, and I don't need any further in, inward examination. And it's an examination that indeed goes inward in order to reach the, the outward goal. So indeed, moving in between, you know, getting away from the problem and getting closer to the solution there's a dimensional warp of time that happens there, and we're not clear always when we're in the middle of the storm where we are in the process. We just know that we are moving. We're, we're moving forward on our on our activities. We're checking off our homework list. We're applying all that we know to apply, knowing that when that wind dies down in the storm, you know comes to seas, we can then be where we desire to be in that process. Um, I like to use my imagination a lot, too, to sort of think about uh, seafaring individuals. I've never desired to really travel by sea or in a big boat or, or a yacht or even a cruise, for that matter. But just the notion of just being out there in the midst of just water. No land to be seen, you know, 360 degrees around, and having to rely on, you know, the movements from the sun and the moon, you know. Uh, I'm I'm not talking about new technology, but just nature and, and, and the stars to determine where you are at any given point, you know, in the water. It's an amazing feat to me, but it but it speaks to seeing and multi-dimensional degrees of, of, of location at once in order to determine where something is, in order to determine where you are, you know, in your process. And so sometimes that detour that might feel like an inconvenience to might be a preventative measure to what otherwise might be a major accident that laid up ahead. That you now have been diverted from, because you follow through the detour that spirit and, and ancestors might present. So every challenge, you know, is is not indeed a challenge to, to create some kind of negative feeling, you know, within us. But but indeed, there's a place that you can get in, in, in dealing with spirit and hearing spirit and being humble to spirit where you just follow. And, and and I I haven't found the words for that. That that probably would be a best selling book if I could find the words, you know, for that. Because again, it's it's an elusive thing. I, I can't mark it in time. I can't draw it on the map for you. But 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 I know what life was before and what life is now. And the vision, because Otan talked about being able to have a vision, being able to see something beyond the moment that you can reach to is greater now than I could have imagined uh, 15 years ago, 30 years ago, you know. So it's a powerful thing, the mind, the ori, grand tech, you know, our heads, that that God consciousness that sits upon all this flesh and bone—it's—it's it's a grand tool that I take joy in exploring. You know, I take pleasure in in exploring imagination and and trying to think about what other realities might look like, and then how to create that in the present. Greetings, um, Neophyte Bokor. I see you uh come and gone. I don't know if it's your technology or it might be the weather. We got this tropical thing. Yeah, more than... Greetings, come on in.
0: Greetings, everybody. Greetings. Um yeah, we got a kind of a weird tropical storm coming in. Um I got some horrible signal for the area that I'm in right now. So well, I do apologize for that. Um, hopefully my sound is coming in that's clear. I wanted to touch on a few things for maybe some of the um, some of the Millennials and younger out there Like I know that we're, we're coming into our spirituality and we're at least we're here you know picking the fruits from these trees to be able to grow in our, our spiritual walk but I to my understanding there's a lot of people that are um, nibbling and dabbling and trying to do mirror work black mirror work along with their uh, just, their shadow work and I do have to give a word of caution when doing that without guidance without proper guidance and proper counseling for those that have tried it um, I'm only sharing
2: more to crystals, you know, than just cute jewelry. Uh, In fact, you know, when you're doing spiritual work, um, I find jewelry to be two things. Either it's just that, jewelry, uh, and the quality is not good enough for doing real spiritual work with or, or sometimes even real healing work with, or Um, The person who's wearing it is knowledgeable, is experienced, and then has hand-chosen their pieces to do very specific things. But uh, there's a book, too, uh, I wanted to mention. It's called The Crystal Source Book. Uh, This is a book that I read, oh, my God, decades ago. (laughs) Okay. Uh, It's called The Crystal Source Book by Milwalski Hartford. Very expensive book by the way. Um, It was published in 87. I think they didn't republish the book anymore after that. Um, So it's going for anywhere from $150 to $1,000 a copy um, for this book. Yes, ma'am. Yes, I'm looking at Otan's face. Yes, (laughs) ma'am. So, um, But it's a really good book in terms of some of the things that Neophyte Bocor just mentioned in understanding um, windows and just the science of windows. Um, I know in my magical journey when I was looking into witchcraft and candle magic and and other forms of uh, global magic, uh, I I encountered uh, window magic probably, I don't know, maybe eighth grade somewhere. And um, the first thing I did was, you know, you sit in a dark room with a candle in front of a mirror, and you gaze into your own eyes, and and you do that, and you do that for some period, you go into a bit of a, a, a trance, a lucid trance state, and your face begins to morph. And you begin to see different imagery in, in your face. Um, it is said to be past lives, mirrors of past lives. I now am mature enough to understand that it also can be mirrors of, of shadow dimensions uh, that we walk in and out of. And, and, and just a quick disclaimer, you know, I think it's a very dangerous ritual if you indeed are not honest about reality because again you're you're now seeing illusions through to other dimensional spaces to other you know realities and so um that was my first experience with mirror or window magic you know was sort of sitting in front of the mirror and, and doing that um experiment and i probably did it maybe three or four times at that age and i've never done it you know since my next Gray would have been in courts and understanding that, you know, some windows in the courts have five sides to it. Um, there's a diamond window in courts uh, that only has four sides to it and is, you know, shaped like a perfect diamond. And these windows, again, allow us to see into other shadow dimensions, shadow realities um, of our own. Uh, those of you who are with us when we talked about uh, string theory and M theory, we talked about some of those realities. Start with the com- basic components of the waking reality that we that we know and that we have accepted, but then pieces of that can be changed around. But then there are other aspects of those realities that have no uh, correlation whatsoever to how our quote-unquote, waking reality uh, began and, and created and has been accepted to have began and created. And so there in that lies that dark energy zone and that ability to create and recreate a reality that uh, mirrors our best interests. So at the center of all is darkness, is that dark space, is that uh, that uh, inter- that uh, dark matter arena that is unmeasurable, that science can't determine, that is causing our reality to both, you know, contract and expand, you know, all at the same time. And so the illusions can pass through the glimpses of other realities, other possible realities. We might call that worry. We might call that anxiety. You know, we, we might call that mother wit, and, and you just can just imagine what may go wrong, you know, while your child is out away doing a particular activity. And how real that is in, in, in Western culture, um, it it, 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 just, it gets described as many things, anxiety, stress, oh, you're an over-worrier, oh, it's your imagination, you know, all the way up to intuition empathic connection you know and so that has to be measured and we measure it by journaling by writing down those impulses those uh uh, symbolic events as they occur and then being able to determine a pattern of what might what they might mean what they might you know represent Um, I may have said this before, but I've never lived in, in a residence that I didn't dream about living there before I actually moved in there. So, you know, if I were, for whatever reason, we're going to buy a house now, we're going to move, you know, I'd go look at, you know, 10 different properties. The property that I dreamt about, that my furniture was in, that my shrines were already set up in, in the dream, that would be the property that I would sign the lease for, that I would sign the mortgage for. And so that comes from from years of journaling and keeping track of certain patterns. Uh, many of us have had the experience of, you know, I knew I shouldn't have did that. I, I knew I shouldn't have trusted him or her. I had a feeling this was going to happen. you know, there's a legitimacy to that, you know. Again, it's representative of, of you not hearing yourself, not paying attention to yourself in those moments where it's most necessary. And that's often on the front end going into. And so that requires empathy. That requires empathic abilities. That requires intuition. That requires you being able to relay your experience. You know, our brains alone have to correlate so much information, you know, just to present each moment of our reality. And so when we're spiritual beings, gods, as we are in this shared sacred space, you know, you're now putting a directive on how that information is correlated. You're now planting seeds, you know, of of expectation by what you're seeing, what you're perceiving, what's coming up, you know, in the dream state, in, in your visionary state, in your, in your daydream state. You know, some of you get lost in traffic. I mean, literally, I mean, you're driving, you're in traffic, you know, especially in places like Atlanta and, and Los Angeles, and you got time on your hands to be stuck in traffic, and your mind tends to go. You know, and, and it might be a, a remembrance of something. It may be something that needs to be addressed, you know, that you left unattended. You know, it could be a future endeavor, a future place you might want to be. Uh, people who ride public transportation get lost, you know, especially long commutes on public transportation. And so you you your mind travels and goes to different dimensional realities. And so shadow work is not always about what's dark, but what's hidden and unseen and and unaware to our normal waking state of consciousness that then presents itself as the illusion of a block, an issue, or a complication. Does that make sense or am I rambling? What y'all think? We can't hear you, Oton. You are muted. Oh, wait a minute. My computer's muted. My apologies. <laughs> Go ahead.
4: <laughs> no problem. I just wanted to add to uh, the word of caution, um, as Neil Fidel was saying, and you as well, um, in getting any spiritual work, not just a specific ritual, but in getting any spiritual work, rituals, anything, a word of caution, be mindful who you allow to do spiritual work for you. You need to be aware of who this person is. At least have an idea of their character. If you get a feeling or something in your gut that tells you that it's not right, don't wait till you see something. That is your warning right there. That is your ancestors. That is your early letting you know that something is not right. You cannot just go to anybody. Don't let people just because they've done it before and, and they had good results. You have to be very very careful because it's not a game it is not a joke it's not to be played with attempted at teased a little bit this is real life and when you're dealing with ancestors and spirits and when someone does not know what they're doing they can do more harm than good and potentially put you and also themselves and others in a dangerous situation so please be mindful you don't want to jump to all of these people letting everybody and anybody give you reading. Stop giving all these people access to your spirit. Stop giving them access to your ori. You have to be mindful of that stuff because it's serious and it can be dangerous. So that is also a word of caution. Please be mindful of who you're working with or who you're allowing to work for you and dabble in the work of your spirit and your soul and your ori.
2: Oh, I agree. and And, and it's not a you know, position of paranoia or or fear tactic, I I would hope that you all would do the same degree of research on your doctor, on your dentist, on your your urologist, your gynecologist, for God's sake, you know, on your food, you know, and it has everything to do with consciousness. Where where, Where are you in terms of consciousness in this world that we all share and exist in? Where is your awareness? Uh, What are you able to notice? What are you able to pay attention to? So some of you are eating food and you're not paying attention. You don't notice. You don't read labels. You You don't care what's being manufactured or produced or where it's produced or how it's produced. And so that speaks to degrees of consciousness, consciousness. Some of us, you know, go to the doctor and you put all your trust in the doctor. You don't question what they say, what they do, what they've given you. You don't ask any questions. You you don't have um, educated questions to ask because you haven't maybe done the research or paid attention. You know, who doesn't research everything the doctor might give you as a prescription? Who doesn't research what the downside and the upside, what the symptoms are, you know, if if the doctor gives you a, a prescription? So somehow, when it comes to spirit and emotion, that has been devalued in Western culture. So we see that as as something you either, you know, you do it on your own and you pull yourself up by your bootstraps and it just comes naturally, which we all know it doesn't. It's sculpted by every experience from your mother, your father, your upbringing. It's sculpted by every, you know, experience sore. Around you. so somehow when it comes to relationships, I'm amazed at how educated, degreed, master degree, doctor degree, strong, powerful goddesses and queens, you know end up in some of the craziest relationship scenarios. I'm sure my both of my cousins have experienced that within the confines of their ministry as well. How, how does that happen? You know, you made it through, you know, these Harvard and, and major universities and got your degree and in, 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 in practicing in law and whatnot or, you know, medicine. But when it comes to emotions, the heart, feelings, those, those have not been validated in this society and particularly among black people. The feelings of black men and the feelings of black women have have been devalued, not just ignored, overlooked, uh, unvalued, devalued, you know in, in this in this culture. And so we, we repeat that behavior within ourselves. I might even say especially our men, you know, don't cry, don't be emotional, don't show weakness, you know, don't act like a sissy. You know, and, and, and then to take that a little step further, you know, men that are concerned about what color they wear or who they might be seen with in the public. And, you know, it, it's a lot of layers, illusions, but those illusions become real the greater you believe them, the more you see them, the more you reinforce them. Those, those illusions become real. And then they become indistinguishable from your own voice. Is that my thought or is that their thought? Is that my mama's thought? Is that my homeboy's thought? Or is that really my idea? Especially in the digital reality we live in today. Is that really your idea or did you just read that five minutes ago on, on you know, 20 posts back? Is it really original? You know, is it really your own organic feeling about something? And And how much research? Did you do, you know, news stories, even entertainment stories? I do a lot of research. I don't have a lot of time on my hands, but somehow I find a way <laughs> to Google and search and, you know, well, who they married to and, well, what's their background? And, you know, well, where did this one come from? You know, because I need to know. I have a desire to know. The the need and desire to know and understand was indeed instilled in me from from Pre-birth by my mother, my black college-educated sorority queen debutante mother, you know, who made us go to libraries, who made us go to museums, who made us go to the zoo, you know, who made us go to the plantations and and to the historic houses. And, you know, and, and, and today those experiences for me are invaluable. Today, I can see how they have affected me today. And, again, that's that illusion. When you're going through it, when it's happening, you never know how it's going to show up in your life 10 years down the road, 20 years down the road, 50 years down the road. You know, why are they teaching us this in school? You know, how is this going to be used in my real life? You know, you you don't have any understanding of that when you're a kid, when you're a child you have no understanding of what this math may or may not mean for you in the future. So, um, being able to be honest in doing your shadow work, being able to address the problem, uh, because there's a, a, a blind spot if we can't see the problem, if we can't acknowledge the problem, if we're not willing to, you know, I don't even know if it's a matter of willingness, Oloye, is it, you know, is it something else that prevents people, you know, that prevents us from seeing certain things about ourselves? Where is uh, the goddess initiative with her psychology degree? Come on in here, girlfriend. Go ahead, cousin.
0: I believe sometimes it is. Sometimes it's that we've gone through experiences that we've blocked. We've gone through trauma that we've blocked. We've gone through things that, that we thought actually that we have, have worked on, mm-hmm. things that we thought we have gotten over, that we've gotten through, that we have healed from, only later on to come back and realize that, in essence, we haven't gone about it to completely heal from whatever it is that we're holding on to, that a trigger comes that we might not even be aware of, but that trigger then all of a sudden brought out something that we thought we were totally done with. So now here we are back in a situation and we're trying to figure out why we feel this way, why we are looking at things this way, why this is happening. And now people come and and they, they go through these scenarios with me and I say to them, well, you know, what is it that, that you've done to work on this? And they might give me some things that they've done, but then I tell them maybe a good thing for you to do is to go see a good counselor so that you have the, ability, the opportunity now in knowing that there's still aspects of this left to go deeper inside of this and to allow yourself now the opportunity to now fully heal by addressing the root of your problem, the root of your struggle, the root of your challenge. So I think that there's always a thing about willingness. There's always a thing about willingness. We all have to be willing to, to we have to have a desire to, to want to be healed. We have, we, want to, we have to have a desire to want to address these circumstances. How many times have we dealt with somebody and something comes up in divination and then when it comes up they're quick to deny it they're quick to fight against it they're quick to to uh, uh actually uh, uh even fighting for something or somebody that's not in their best interest rather than a willingness to say uh, uh, maybe i need to before, let some things go somebody and then uh be able to to work on it at a deeper level so that's what I say, and I'll give it off to the Goddess Initiative because she's better at this than me.
2: Yes, indeed. Come on in. Uh, okay. Um, can
0: you? Hear me?
5: We sure yes. can. Okay. So, um, just to piggyback off what you're saying, so it's—I I mean, it's essentially—it's the shadow itself. I mean, your shadow is com- com- composed of your subconscious thought, and so it's the shadow itself that's that unwillingness. Um, It's all those self-deprecating thoughts that you've allowed to become part of who you are, and you're moving every single day from those thoughts. Your actions stem from those thoughts, and so that's where that unwillingness comes from, and so like we've said over a a bunch of times, if you don't get to the root of that, um, then there's no movement, there's no uh, change, There's, there's, there's nothing. No, both. Um, I want to say, like, part of uh, shadow work, at least when I'm dealing with my clients is doing major work with self-love, it's radical acceptance. Um, if you can't accept those parts of yourself that um, you have moved to the shadow or those parts of your uh, beliefs that you have moved to the shadow, if you can't accept those, then you can't integrate them. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just kind of what it is, and a, a lot of people have a hard time with that. Me and my best friend were talking earlier, and I done rubbed eyeliner all over my eye. Uh, <laughs> me and my best friend were talking earlier, and um, I was telling her how I think a lot of like a homophobia uh, from you know heterosexual individuals comes from the fact that we live under this. These Societal construct of who we should be, who we're supposed to be, how we're supposed to live, how we're supposed to present ourselves, and for someone who's homosexual, they have had to break through that. They have they've had to confront that to to live their truth, and they're living their truth radically and wildly on the stage. And I think a lot of heterosexual people are jealous of that. Um, you know that that amount of freedom, that amount of um, walking in your truth and not and, and having you know and, and enjoying your quality of life because you're free I'm true this is who I am hate it love it I'm gonna deal with what you know the clapback is I'm gonna enjoy the benefits whatever um, and I think a lot of people struggle with that in different areas of their life whether it's you know their sexuality whether it's um, what they want to do with their lives I mean how many people when you ask a child what they want to be when they grow up they the sky is the limit But by the time they get 18, um, it's, oh, I can't do that, you know, and and, and a lot of those um, limits, unfortunately, come from your household, the people that's closest to you. I mean, mothers and fathers have killed more dreams than anybody, unfortunately. And it's not intentional, you know, that they want to kill their children's dreams, but um, you know, it's just that fear of parents was, you know, I want them to be okay, I want them to be okay, and the world says for my kids to be okay, they have to do A, B, C, and D. Um, when in reality, I don't think, I mean, I can't be for sure, but I don't think that our souls chose to come here or were sent here to be a particular way and do a particular thing. I mean, it just doesn't, it, that's, that sounds like jail to me. You know, you got to do this every day and do and not do this every day and you know, so it's, it's a lot of conditioning um, and programming that you, you have to undo to be able to address that shadow and to be willing to allow yourself
0: that level of freedom. So, like, what tool would you like? What would be a, a basic tool that you would see that we can use to go into the shadow to even into what we would say the trauma or uh, maybe into the disappointment, the heartache, the, the yeah, you gotta
5: start with for me you gotta start with self love. I mean I've been since I was in high school I used to tell my girlfriends who had low self esteem like try a simple exercise like getting naked in front of the mirror and standing in front of the mirror and looking at your whole entire self what you feel is good about your body, your facial features, everything, and what you don't like, and sit there until you feel good about it. Mm-hmm. Instead sure of sitting is. in front of the mirror and picking yourself apart, sit in front of the mirror and find the things that you love and the things that you like and the things that are great and the things that are you feel like are not so great, figure out why they are great. It's, you know, a lot of people... It, it sounds, to me it sounds nuts because I don't have any self-love issues. I really like myself a lot. But it, it, it's the hardest thing for people to do is to accept themselves. It's so simple as, you know, this scar on my cheek. Like people will, you know, lose their minds and, and, and will, you know, internalize that and they'll have these ruminated thoughts about it over and over and over again. And of course there's other mitigated circumstances that can contribute to that, you know, like trauma you know, abuse, uh, you know, sexual assault, things like that. Um, but outside of that, I mean, just people will obsess over the, uh, the negative or the, the uh, self-deprecating thoughts and the, the, the internalized negativity as opposed to trying to shift their minds and train their mind to focus on what's good. And, I mean, we all, in defense of humans, we have something called a negativity bias, built in our minds where we respond to negativity quicker than we do to positivity, which is why social media is so popular. You know, tra- people trauma bond all day long on social media. You, you find the, the people who are dramatic and who are acting nuts getting the most life because your brain is stimulated by that. So it takes mm-hmm. a lot of intention. And I think like um, the prince said earlier, it's a level of, consciousness, the level of awareness that you have to be like, okay, this is what's going on. I have to, like, you know, like for me, certain pages I can't, I can't follow a shade room because I'm going to fall down, it's going to go down a rabbit hole. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to see somebody say something stupid in the comments and it's going to trigger me like, oh my God, this person is dumb. And then, You know what I mean? I know, my, I know that about myself. And so I don't follow those types of pages. Yeah. So I don't even have to waste any part of my day doing this. So you have to be very conscious and you have to be very intentional about every single level of your life, from how you eat, from how you wash up, (laughs) from how you raise your kids to the people you allow to speak to you. You know, certain conversations I'm just not going to have with anybody. I'll stop you real quick. No, I'm not. I'm okay. I'm I'm
0: good on that. So those of us that are doing coaching work, what do you feel is the place, that cutoff place, that we need to say we need to go from coaching to therapy? Um, I mean, when you feel like you you you're you're hitting a wall with this person,
5: because um, unfortunately some people aren't cultural. You know, there's some sports and mm-hmm. yeah, you, it's martial arts, arts that is your in your background. Some people aren't cultural, and that could be because due to a chemical imbalance or some very deep seated trauma that they that's they, entangled, you know, in their psyche that needs um, a higher level of understanding to or even some type of medication to um, deal with. And so you kind of just got to gauge just like you do with your family members or your friends. You know you got a friend, a girlfriend, who ain't going to never leave that man no matter how many times he jump on her, do her wrong, cheat on So what you going to tell her and beg her to leave him every phone conversation? No. She got she to gotta deal with that. Either she has to deal with it her own or she's going to have to get some professional help can help her figure out what she has going on with that her self-worth and inside of herself why she feel like it's okay to withstand that environment in those in you know those conditions um and so it's really about personal boundaries you have to uphold professional boundaries with clients of how far you are going to exert yourself because it's it's an energy exchange so you can't give all your energy to this person if they're not ready it's just like with substance abuse mental health. of it's the same thing. If a person is not ready to stop smoking crack, they ain't going to stop smoking crack, no matter what it is. They have to hit their personal rock bottom, and then they're ready to do them 12 steps. And they have to carry those 12 steps with them for the rest of their life. So it's the same thing. It, it, it's really, you know, it's really the same thing across the board. Um, when you're coaching someone, you kind of got to gauge where they are. You got to meet them where they are, but you don't want to um give all of yourself you know it, it's right. it's you know what i'm saying just meet the where are is and see where they are and if where they are it, it could be low but they're willing to work okay fine let's do some work but if they're down if that frequency is down low and they are like basking in it taking a bath in and marinating in it that just not, might be you can't you can't do nothing with them you have to uh pass them on you know i'll give you a, report, a referral to someone who might be more suited and qualified to meet your needs
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that. Thank you for that, because I think a lot of times we run into challenges with uh, coaching that mm-hmm. we, we find that, okay, we have this circumstance or situation with a person, and then we struggle with, okay, at what point is our cutoff?
2: I believe she's saying, was dealing with them was even crazy. Um, And she just had to get over it. Um, And so it made me think back to, you know, how eloquently the God's initiative brought um, homophobia into the conversation and uh, how that's a part of my own personal shadow work. Um, As young as I can remember, you know, the, the feeling of being too feminine, um, feeling that I had to adjust my behavior in, in some way to be accepted, um, that I had to be the most well-behaved individual in the group or in the classroom, you know, maybe to divert attention away, attention away from, you know, what was being viewed as as some kind of flaw or, or, or deficiency. Uh, in the worst case scenario, um, uh, uh, ungodly. Uh, what's the word they like to use uh, in, in the church? Um, you know what I'm trying to say. The Goddess Initiative. Uh, it's a common word that they use in the church to sort of associate uh, homosexuality. But anyway, it was always that sense of, you know, how I act, how I looked, how I came off. And, and I often felt that people really didn't understand just how nitpicky that was. I mean, just crossing the street or participating in, in dodgeball, you know, in gym, you know, with the rest of the class and not being able to move or turn without being judged on how masculine or how feminine, you know, m- my movements were. Um, my skin color. You know, back in the 70s, you know, growing up in Chocolate City, uh, y'all now call it the DMV, D.C., Maryland, uh, uh, Virginia area. Uh, Being dark was not popular. Um, Oloye would have been accepted. The Goddess Initiative would have been accepted. But me and Oton would have either had to fight or flight. Oton probably would have whooped some ass. (laughs) (laughs) At that, at that age, at, at that age, I was the flight guy. I was, a, I was an Olympic track star runner. Uh, you, I, I just was uncatchable, you know. If I decided to to just flee the scene, uh, the, that's how I handled things back then. And then somewhere around the, the midsummer, between the ninth grade and the tenth grade, and going into what was considered a bad high school, Suitland Senior High School. Yeah, I said it live on camera two and senior high is still a bad high school, PG County, get it together. Um, That's when the flight turned into fight um, and fight back aggressively. So, you know, again, it's an illusion in that we don't know what people are saying, really, unless they say it to our face. We don't know what people are thinking, really, unless they say it to our face. Uh, my mother has a unique um, she probably doesn't mind me yeah mom thank you abomination that was the word I couldn't remember feeling like you're an abomination sitting in church playing the piano playing the organ doing a church thing but being made to feel like you are an abomination you know in in the midst of that environment Um, you know my mother you know has an unusual case of um, scarring um, from, what do they call that, keloiding? you know. So I, I often imagine, you know, how does she feel, you know, when people look at her or happen to explain, you know, what it is, you know, what creates it and how there's an illusion that we create in our own minds about what the conversation is, what's being said, what's being whispered about. But then there's a reality of what people really say, really do. And it's in those moments, that's the crossroads that we often have the opportunity to address something. I'd much rather you ask than to stare. I'd much rather you ask questions than to sit back and wonder and, and speculate. But, but I even question the volume of that conversation. Is that conversation louder in my head than it is in yours? Goddess Initiative, or or yours, Oloye, you know, I I heard you start off with, I love myself. I had to learn that. I had to grow to that, and I'm sure many people in my audience are still in the process of learning and and growing to that. Um, I have to be honest with myself every day about where I am, if I had to ask that question. Maybe I need to put that on my morning wake up question
5: list. (laughs) You know, know, it was something that was a a coping mechanism for me from the way I grew up. You know, my mother was mentally ill and um, she grew up uh, in a very abusive household and she pretty much continued that pathology with me. And from a very young age, I mean, I guess that, well, I, I, I won't say I guess because I've learned through divination that that was the gift that was given to me was to break that generational curse and so from a very young age um I knew that I had to build myself up because there wasn't anybody else that was going to do it for me I didn't have a mother that was capable of doing that and I was fortunate enough to have a father my father me and my father were very close until the day he died um but he wasn't in he wasn't in the home so I would have to wait you know till I saw him and to keep him away, and he would have to sneak up to the school during recess to see me. Um, But that was, you know, my coping mechanism. I would, and and people, you know, people would always give me, oh, you think you're all that nice to be like, I really do. (laughs) I really do, and I mean, I I wish and hope and pray that one day you feel the same about yourself because, I mean, I can't, who, you can't, like just, you're going to depend on somebody else to do that for you? I mean, you don't know, you don't even know the strength of that other person to be leaning on them and depending on them for as your foundation. And I just, you know, I had to learn that from a very young age. And, um, you know, I guess what, you know, people call affirmations and all that stuff. So I, I just, from a child, I always did that with myself. I mean, I had a mother tell me to my face, you ugly and all this and that. And I used to go look in the mirror like, what is she talking about? <laughs> I ain't seeing it, sis. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But you know, I just had to. It, it was just a mental strength that I, I I started very young, and I and I built it up, and you know, over the years, I have tried my best to instill in everybody around me. But believe it or not, a lot of people are resistant to that. They are just resistant to you empowering them to trying mm-hmm. to build up, trying to teach them self love. They because they don't have that capability within themselves, they they take it as a. Um, they take it in a condescending manner, like, you know, more so that instead of you trying to empower them, that you're, oh, you can do all that. And, you, and, you know, you can't do nothing with that either. So, again, like, I I have boundaries with my energy. I try to keep it a little bit. If you, ain't, if you don't want to, you know, self-love chilly with me, then go
0: ahead and rock. <laughs> you
5: know, I'm not, I can't be too
0: worried about that. But so is there, any, is there any tools that you can use to not hold on to other people's stuff. Not just from us coaching, but just from a general daily life when we're dealing with people who are going through their own challenges and their own stuff, for us not to hold on to their stuff.
5: I mean, I think one, um, that book, what is it called? Uh, It's The Four Agreements? Yeah. That book is, is is really good to read if you haven't read, you know, you have to really train yourself to not take things first pers- things personal. People's shit, for lack of a better word, is not about you. It's really not even if it's directed towards you, it's not about you. Um, yeah, yeah. That's about that one I, I read I think probably when I was like eighteen or nineteen. Um mm-hmm. And you just really have to, um, and again, like I said, growing up with the type of mom I had, I really had to, even if I didn't know at that time, because I wasn't aware of what mental health issues were, I thought she didn't like me. But I had to um, really, you know, re, um, reframe, that's the word I'm looking for, reframe that thought um, so that, you know, she must be going through something that has absolutely nothing to do with me. And, you know, we learn as we get older that that's absolutely the truth. People are all. Everyone's going through some type of struggle, whether you know it or not. And unfortunately, sometimes it may come off where it seems like it's about about you or they may seem a certain way towards you, but it's never really about you. So, you know, you just got to let it roll off your shoulders, you know. But
2: that's the illusion. Um, and, and and that can be a very strong illusion for people, you mm-hmm. know, the idea of what's being said, what's being thought about me. You know, and and we indeed have to conjure up and go into our imagination and create, um, you know, this reality that that we did convince ourselves is more real than the one that's, you know, right in our face, that that we walk among. Um, Mm -hmm. I also, you know, thought for a moment about colorism, you know, in our community and the shadow work, you know, associated with that. As I listen to you tell your story and, you know, one person trying to accuse you of of, of being ugly and at the same time you've not even seen yourself from that perspective at all, how have you felt that colorism even has affected you um, over the years? Because, you know, Mm -hmm. down here in Louisiana, you know, people would think that you and Olayay, you know, y'all have it a little bit easier because of what y'all look like.
5: I, you know what, I, for the longest time, I used to think that I wasn't affected by colorism because I never had, like, anyone tell me, you know, anything because you're dark. Or, And what I had to realize that it was kind of a little bit different. I was absolutely affected by it because, and this used to make my father just so angry. People used to always um, mention my hair. Oh, your hair, her hair is so pretty. What if she was Indian? And he used to be like, what? Are you, what? No, she's black. Hey, you know, I would, I would. I remember I got into an argument with a man because he swore up and down that I was Dominican, and I'm like, I didn't even know what Dominican was at the time. I was like 15. <laughs> um, I didn't know until I visited New York that you know Puerto Rican was mm-hmm. were my color and had the same texture of hair. But he, it was like a thing, and so I think that you are right. Like, it, it kind of is that you know people have that in the back of their mind where it's you know. You're a look because I've had and I get the strangest comments. Like I, I, I have lighter skin. People tell me that I'm dark, and I have people that are darker tell me, "Well, you're not even that dark." And I'm like, I don't understand what it matters. What difference does it make?
2: Keyword that dark, that right, dark.
5: right. Yeah. And I'm uh, like, I don't, I, I, don't understand. I mean, I, 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 I like my color. I try to get a little bit darker in the summer if I can, you know, but. It, it does. It does play a role. Um, people tend to, I guess, if you have a few European features, you know, I have the curly hair. You know, I guess it, people do act a little warmer. And you know, I didn't realize it until you know I was much older, um, and I started talking to other people, and I'm like, oh wow, you know, this really is an issue within our community uh, mm-hmm. that's alive and well. <laughs>
2: Yeah. Uh, self-empowerment, um, self-improvement, you know, you would think that would be an easy thing to give away. You know, even with a, a barbecue and, and a second line, you think that would be a real easy thing to give away. But that was a shady comment, by the way. <laughs> it, it's a belief here in New Orleans that if you really want black people to get involved in something, then make a second line, you know, with, <laughs> with food and drink, and they're going to show up. Um but, yes, it's a hard sell. And um, from the chat, Christina Sanse Barre, uh, she pushed self-empowerment to people. And some really get mad at first. She said she told the elder that she shouldn't need two jobs, and she could manifest the stability using her mind and energy. And she said a woman cussed her out. But, uh, you know, that's an unfortunate uh, part of this you know, to some degree it comes with this job. You know, I have to trick people into seeing better for themselves. You know, I have to create a, a, an illusion, paint a picture, you know, project a mirage, you know, because when you're in that dark space, especially if depression and other uh, issues might be might be uh, present, you, you can you can't see a way out. You can't see yourself from from a different perspective. And that's the illusion that that we keep uh, referencing. Just like the illusion or the dream is another word, you know, of, of hitting the lotto and winning it big and what you might do with all that money or, or getting your degree and, and opening your business and, and creating a, a good life for yourself and, and what that might look like. When it's up here, it's an illusion. It's a thought, it's a vision, but you focus on that which is in your best interest, that which mirrors your best interest in in the process of realizing that into right now, result-oriented practice. So you can get to a very dark place where you can't see, you can't hear no amount of Yama Van Zandt books or good advice, you know, can penetrate, you know, some of those darkest of places. And, and that's the scary part about this. That's where you being God, self-embodied, really matters. Because at the end of the day, it's, it's you that's got to be able to pull yourself up out of that place and focus on a, on a view, no matter how forward it is, that you can pull yourself up to and use as a motivation, you know, for pulling yourself up to the next place. And then, of course, when there's children involved and family involved and community involved, you know, everybody's watching how we handle the the trauma. Everybody's watching how we experience the challenge. Everybody's gaining some sense of awareness through our own uh, determination through through the challenge. And so earlier we talked about, you know, is it an obligation for people to assist others with their shadow work? Not necessarily hands-on unless you're a professional, but certainly by way of demonstration. You, you have an obligation to make sure your children understand what, what you have been confronted with, what you have had to battle, and, and then how you push forward so that they now have an example to pull from. They now have some kind of history to pull from. I appreciate you all in your time um, in in another great uh, podcast and and broadcast. I appreciate everyone in the chat for your comments. I appreciate my mother um, always being present with us here in this shared sacred space with Pani, um, Chef Tink, uh, of course, my cousin, Lakeithia, and my cousins, Otan, and Oloye, Ifawole, and our beloved uh, God Child and Initiate the Goddess Initiative, member of the House of Divine Prince. I'm always grateful, uh, Neophyte core, and I look forward to being here with you again at high noon U.S. Standard Time on Monday, shall we say Monday? Um, And hopefully you all will be here. I plan to talk to you um, over the weekend. I feel like that's important. Okay. Um, And, of course, Otan to help you better situate yourself in terms of your ministry and check in and see how things are going. And so if you all have anything to share or to say, please feel free. Otherwise, I'm going
0: to uh, close out my blessings to each and every one of you. I hope that you see the importance of working with our shadow work. And of course, if you need any assistance, or so two, Divine, myself, we're happy to help you. Just reach out. And so blessings to each and every one of you.
4: I also want to say today was a wonderful experience. I appreciate everyone that participated in the chat, everyone listening in. Um, again, uh, what, uh, Barbara Loye, what my cousin said, if you need assistance, we are certainly here to help, no judgment. We are always, um, open to talk, listen, and even help assist and guide in some areas. So blessings to you all. Enjoy your weekend. Happy June 10th. And, uh, love and light.
2: Oh, wow. Now, isn't that a conversation, June (laughs) 10th? Maybe we'll talk about that on Monday. Just, you know, now it's a federal holiday, and, you know, I'm already seeing, you know, the morning newscasters talking about, you know, what's the most appropriate food to serve, you know, at the social, you know, over the weekend in in, in honor of of Juneteenth. And, yeah, I'm talking about non-Black people, you know. So is Juneteenth now just another Fourth of July Thanksgiving Christmas, Easter—is—is is it now just another commercial opportunity for them to push, you know, the very black Juneteenth advertisement now in, in in early June, coming up to the Juneteenth, the Juneteenth special, you know, at your nearest, you know, big box furniture store, the you know the Juneteenth, you know, special discount at Walmart, you know, black and white banners hanging from the ceiling. Come on, y'all. Oh, my goodness. But we're going to do it. We can do a show on that. Maybe we'll talk about Juneteenth on Monday. Yes, indeed. <laughs> um, Pray us through this storm. Uh, it's not exactly a hurricane, but you know, when you live below sea level in the bottom of the soup bowl, everything is hurricane level for us. Uh, but it's a tropical uh, depression moving through. I'm sure many of you are aware. Uh, Neophyte core is already dealing with it. Um, we're Beginning to get rain. It's been raining all day for the most part uh here in New Orleans. Uh, so just pray we don't have no flooding and no breaking of levees and nothing crazy like that. Uh, and and provided everything is well, um you know I'll see you in social media in, in a moment, and I'll check in with you here at high noon U.S. Central Standard Time. On Monday, all is truly an Adido blessing. Ache, acheo, ache. In yes. Odavo. Odavo. Thank you so much. I know oloye had to go. I have a reading as well, so I need okay. to go also. I appreciate Goddess Initiative. She's so powerful. Um, she need to be a more, yes.
5: She need to be a more regular co-host on screen. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna try, y'all know I'm back in the office, so uh, like, I got my door closed in the
2: office. Yeah, <laughs> I actually like that look. Uh, to, be, to tell you the truth, because you know some people put up a uh, a backdrop in the background of a fake office, but yours is yeah. a real deal. You know, and it's not junky; it's real organized. <laughs> yeah, I like I that. <laughs> so thank you, y'all. Always a blessing. All right. Bye bye. Thank you, Blog Talk Radio. All is truly and indeed a blessing. If you can just see beyond. It. It's all just an illusion and a test. <laughs>
1: Omus Indians. The Omus Indians prepared this place for us centuries before our arrival. A sacred spot where corn festivals were celebrated. The Omus Indians prepared this place for us centuries before our arrival. Congo Square, a sacred spot where corn festivals were celebrated. And as the colonizers came, our hosts, the almost Indians, they pushed aside our hosts. The colonizers came and pushed aside our hosts and introduced us in chains. And by the late 1700s, we somehow, recognizing the sacredness of Les Places de Congo, we somehow, and the how of our somehow persuasive methodologies is not clear at this moment. The how is not clear. How our persuasive methodologies worked is not clear at this moment, but nevertheless, even as slaves, we crafted and created a space where we could be free to be we. And thusly, thusly we countered the sacrilegiousness of the French, giving great homage to our ancestors as well as giving praise and thanks to our red-blooded brothers and sisters. This is an oral libation toast to Congo Square, to Native Americans, to our ancestors who made a circle out of a square and gave us a way to stay ourselves, save ourselves from the transformatory ugliness of America, which refuses to recognize the spirituality of life We beat, we beat, we was and is, hail Congo Square, Congo, Congo Square. Our African gods have not been obliterated, they have merely retreated inside the beat of us. Inside the beat of us, our African gods have not been obliterated. They have merely retreated, retreated inside the beat of us until we are ready to release them into a world that we recreate. A world heralded by the beat, 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 being, beating, being of black heart drum. Heart be, heart, be, heart, be at this place, at this place, be heart, be, be we, beating place in new world space beating being in place in new world preserving our ancient pace our dance is the god walk our music the god talk first thing we do let's get together circle ourselves into community no beginning no end connected together and singing ringing Sing in a, a ring. Second, let's be original. Aboriginal. Be what we were before we became what we are. Be bambula dance. Be Banza music. And sing song words which have no English translation third, let us remember. Let us remember never to forget. Even when we can't remember the specifics, we must retain the essentials. Let us remember never to forget. Even when we can't remember the specifics, we must retain the essentials, the bounce, the blood, flow, the feel, the spirit, grow, energy, must retain and pass on the essential usness that others want to dissipate with out of us. Whoa! But no matter, no matter how much of us they prohibit, no matter how much of us they prohibit, Deep inside us is us. Deep inside us is us. Remains us inside and needs only the beat to set us free. The beat to free us. It is morning. A sun day. A feel. A feel. Without shade, but dark. Dark with the people black of us in various, various, various shades. Eclipsing the sun with our elegance. We are centuries later now, and still this sacred ground calls us. To remember, to beat, to be, we are centuries later now, and still, this sacred ground calls us to remember, to beat.